I hated cursive writing in school. What kids today don't get to do, as I don't think it's taught anymore, is the tedious, repetitive exercise of slowly drawing out all the individual upper and lower case letters in the alphabet. As a grade school student, it felt like the most dreary and mundane task. If you're about the same age as me, you remember that not only were spelling and grammar important to your mark, but neatness and readability of your words and signature were also graded. As I grew into young adulthood, it was a breath of fresh air for me to move past the monotony of cursive writing and straight into printing. My writing was messy, a trait manifested in my impatience and desire for speed. Printing seemed to fit me perfectly. Now, computers have changed even that. I found myself physically printing less and only writing to sign my name. Even that process is changing as DocuSign is literally and figuratively making the signature obsolete. And now, I'm doing a little back to the future for writing in my life. I personally number and sign all my back nine walking books for people who purchase it and for my podcast guests. Earlier this year, I regularly scribbled my name as I've done for decades. Then I watched a documentary on golf legend Arnold Palmer. Mr. Palmer had a very recognizable signature. It was unmistakable to golfers for its style and readability. In the documentary, Mr. Palmer was adamant about the care and thoughtfulness he took with his signature. He said it was vitally important to him that anyone with his autograph could read who it came from. That resonated with me. Where I once had little concern over who read my signature, it was now obvious to me that the inscription was an important part of the book, which led me to consider more deeply as to why it should be limited to books. And then I heard a podcast by Melina Palmer, whom I also interviewed twice and highly recommend those episodes. And by the way, is it not related to Arnold? She is a behavioral economist who is a brain science expert. She discussed on her show the importance of actual physical writing in cursive to our own brain health. That sealed it for me. Now, I've become much more thoughtful and intentional on my signature. I'm also determined to write more personal notes in cursive as part of my professional and personal life. It won't be a return to those days when that's all we did, but it's a subtle change that I hope will be valuable to others and myself. So what's that mean for you? It's the power of the signature. Throughout all of history, the signature has been a symbol of identifying who we are as individuals and as groups. John Hancock made his signature enormous on the Declaration of Independence, leading to a famous idiom still being used almost 250 years later. We sign contracts to purchase houses and cars. We close business deals with our signatures. And we even sign our spousal allegiances on paper when we get married. Our business is also a signature of trust and goodwill. Whether you're the founder, an owner, or an employee doesn't matter. The quality of your work through your product or service and the manner it's delivered through customer service and care is your John Hancock. It's doubtful that any of you will disagree with me. 
The question we should all be asking ourselves as CEOs, as entrepreneurs, and as employees is this. Can everyone read my signature? Back in third grade, I got A's in penmanship, even with my misgivings about the process. As Chronicle, it all started going downhill later. And it's easy to have happen. When accountability and enforcement is lessened, quality drops. When new methods to cut corners and save time are developed, the skill stops being used and deteriorates. And in business, when things seem to be going well, it's easy to become complacent. And the signature suffers. Let's turn this messy signature into one Arnold Palmer, who is also a highly successful business person, would be proud of. In reimagining my personal signature, I did three things. First, I kept what was good about it in place. There were letters and styles in place that were unique to me and still recognizable and readable. I didn't want to lose those. Second, I identified the areas of sloppiness that came from sloth. Where the letter N would become a straight line, I had to take care of it and bring it back to life. Third, when I found myself failing, I stopped and started over. I believe that we really don't fail unless we learn. I learned that my poor signature was a manifestation of impatience and lack of attention to detail. I needed to slow my process and be more thoughtful about what the signature represented, be it a financial transaction or an inscription in my book for someone. We can all apply the same three things to our businesses. First, let's take the great work we've done and highlight it as the beacon of our signature. It's unique and represents our company and us as individuals. Second, let's uncover the areas of sloppiness we are all prone to fall into for various reasons. Complacency and lack of accountability and acceptance can make it easy to slip into sloppiness. Third, let's learn from those and become more thoughtful and intentional on improving. If we allow these areas of disorder to be viewed as failures, then there won't be permanent change. But if we look on them as areas to learn and improve, we will be able to be resilient in that growth and development. If you have a book of mine with an unreadable or sloppy signature, my apologies. You'll just know that you have an early edition. My goal is that moving forward with my signature, business and in life, that my signature will be unique, recognizable, and extraordinary. I'm prepared to put my John Hancock on that. How about you? I'm Dan Whedon. Thank you for listening to the show. I really do appreciate it. Remember to subscribe and follow every episode at www.chasingunleashed.com. And of course, keep chasing unleashed.